Hello, hello. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of HR Learn In. Today, I'm here, your co-host, Fahad Khalaf, joined by my co-founder and co-host, Brad Boysen. How are you? Hey, Fahad. How are things? Good, good. Very well. Today, we are reversing the episode. I will be doing the introduction questions and you answer the question. So, Sounds good. Yeah. So, Brad, I think today it's a very important topic that we are bringing to uh, to a lot of our audience. Um, and I think it's it's a great timing because I know a lot of people are losing or lost their job during COVID and during the crisis. And a majority of them, they are ready to go back to work even at a lower salary. So today, mm-hmm. our, today's topic is salary questions during a job interview. Can we ask these yeah. questions, all this stuff? We would love to have it's, input only. Okay. You know what? Uh, yeah, let's take yeah, a break. Yeah, let's, let's take a commercial break and come back again. I know you're so excited hot, about hot it, topic. but let's go and yeah. come back. Wow. I learned a lot as a mentor. Say, make us think um, that they said it was rather than because you're in the webinars. That, that way you spread. What really interests me. When we started this program, the tagline for this was... Okay, guys, we are back. Brad, over to you. What do you think about this topic? Well, I can't think of, there's probably maybe three or four hot topics that are hot, hot, hot topics in the world. And this is definitely one of them. And it's especially hot in the region where we live. It's an incredibly hot topic. I was telling you before we started, I, there's very few subjects in HR that I get more disagreement with from people than the one we're talking about today. And that's this idea that during a job interview, is it appropriate to ask people how much they make, you know, if you're the organization, you're the interviewer. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to understanding, you know, what is the purpose of that question? Um, And there's a strong legacy in our profession of HR that there's this idea that past, past performance is an indicator of future performance. And logically that sounds, how could you argue with that? But it's not actually the right way of thinking about it because the deeper understanding is the idea that past behavior is an indicator of future behavior because performance is, is an outcome. And just because someone, you know, uh, 1960s Bob Beeman jumps a world record long jump at, I don't know, 28 feet, I don't know, in meters, and it's like two feet further than any human ever before, he never did it again, you know, and no one did it again for like 30, 40 years. So Understanding the difference between performance and behavior is really at the root of this question from a, I'll call it a science point of view, but it's actually, again, that the disagreement that people have about the ethics and legality of it is a, is a big part of, you know, the question itself. Yeah, I can't agree anymore. Uh, And I think it's, it's very important. Um, I mean, hot topic or key key topics that we're talking about it today is, is a lot of people might feel shy or might feel a little bit unfair or even sometimes people might get rejected because of their previous high payouts. And from a psychology point of view, everyone who said, okay, so if you earn, for example, $50,000, there's no way you would accept $20,000. You know, uh, and sometimes people, they implement their own prestigious standard into others. 
So, okay, maybe you don't accept this drop, but people might accept these drops. So I think, yeah, it's a very important topic that we are covering today. And, and one of my main questions that I want, really want to ask you is, for example, is it legal to ask people how much do they make during an interview? Uh, are we talking about legal? Is it ethical? Is it not appropriate? Uh, how, how do we do that? Well, that's part of how the world is changing as we speak, Fahad, is if you had asked me this question maybe five years ago, I don't think I could name anywhere in the world where it was illegal. In other words, people would do it, and there's no problem. It's just like asking other questions, be them sensitive or not. But there's been a trend happening, and you know, I'll point to the United States as sort of one of the hotspots of it is, is jurisdictions. When I say jurisdictions, I usually mean like states within the United States where they're starting to make it illegal to ask people during a job interview how much they make either in their current positions or past positions. And when, when people hear this, you know, in different parts of the world, they're really shocked to, to understand that it's not just wrong in terms of the ethics of it, but jurisdictions are starting to make it illegal against the law to ask people how much do you make right now or how much did you make? And a lot of people are sort of shocked as to even why they can't ask that. And, you know, the science behind it is, is that there, there's a lot of research that shows that uh, people's past pay can discriminate against them the same way that their gender can, that their age can. You said earlier, you know, asking, you know, a salary question, uh, if someone used to make 50 and they're prepared to accept 28, why shouldn't they be allowed to accept 28? That's like that expression that comes up, you're, oh, you're overqualified, right? We know in HR that overqualified is usually a code word, meaning you're too old, right? But we don't say that you're too old, you're overqualified. And so these are some of the biases and the systematic discrimination that we need to get out of the HR system or the recruiting system. So coming full circle to your earlier question, it's increasingly happening around the world where some jurisdictions are saying it is illegal to ask people how much they make. That's a very different question than saying, is it ethical? And I would say that it's never been ethical to ask people how much they make. And in fact, if you are call yourself an HR professional or a professional recruiter, it really shouldn't be part of your initial consideration. You know, it, it, and maybe this isn't the best example, but when you're getting to know someone, maybe you're at an age where you're looking to get married or, and you sort of ask people at the outset, well, how much do you make? You know, it's just, it's not something you do at the beginning. At some point you get into the financial part of it, but it should be, when you're really being professional in human resources and recruiting, it shouldn't be the thing that you're starting with. And unfortunately, uh, we live in a region where all too often, it's not only a frequent question, but it's, it's, it demonstrates a lack of professionalism in in our in our sphere. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and coming over the word overqualified, I think this these are one of the the, the statement used to reject you in front. Uh, you know, like without even uh, what hurting your feelings, I could say. So yeah, I I totally agree. It started to be in this region, especially this salary request base. It started to be even mandatory more than just likely to be visible. Right. So yeah, it's in company policies and they and and you know, some people who are aren't in our part of the region, they might even be shocked to hear it's not even just a question that's asked sometimes. Sometimes people say, "Bring me your pay stub 
bring me proof of how much you make. And, you know, the, the, from where I come from, when you start asking people those types, it's no longer about the, the money itself. It's almost about trustworthiness. You know, is it, if I ask you how much you make and it's legal to do that where I am, and then I say, prove it, that antagonism in terms of the relationship is just such the wrong place to start when you're talking about building a relationship. And uh, um, it's just such a bad practice, you know, in terms of, of, of HR and building relationships with potential employees or, or your workforce. So, so why do people ask for the salary? What they're trying to achieve by asking these salaries? Do you think? <laughs> you want? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can give you the soft answer. I can give you the hard answer. And uh, let me give you both. And uh, let's, uh, let's go to to the extreme. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> yeah, because it's important that people are honest with themselves and they ask themselves why do they? Why do you, the recruiter, the HR, even ask someone? And sometimes we just say, well, because it's always been done that way, or it's, you know, it's organization policy. I have to check, I have a checklist of things that I need to collect from you to move you to the next stage of the process. And, you know, the example I often use for us is like shopping. You know, when someone goes shopping, you could just go to the mall and you could just look around. And if you like something, hey, you buy it, you know, and there's no planning involved in that. There's nothing strategic. And the worst part about it Fahad, is there's no budget. So although some people don't like to hear this, one of the key reasons why you shouldn't be asking people how much they make, and certainly not at the beginning of a process, is that you should have an understanding of how much you can afford. And it's not just about your budget as an organization as to what are the resources you can dedicate to hiring a person, but it's about the team that they'll be working in. Because if you hire someone and pay them three times as much as everyone else on their team, or 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 three times less than what everyone else, you're setting up the team to be dysfunctional. Eventually, people will find out or get a rough idea of what other people make. And if you find out that you're underpaid or overpaid, Again, only the organization only has themselves to blame for that. And, the, and part of the problem is, is that it's because they didn't have the discipline at the beginning of the process to have a reasonably good understanding of how much resources they were able to allocate to the position. So coming back to your question is, you know, one reason why organizations do it is because they, they're demonstrating to themselves and to the applicant that they actually don't trust or don't have a budgeting process for hiring people. And both of those are damning, right? Whether you don't have it or you don't trust it is not a good thing. Part of the reason organizations do it, and it relates to the first, what I just said, is that maybe they, they, they need to know from you a rough idea of what you might expect or what you consider your fair market value. Well, again, is that, appropriate? What if the person has been uh, accepting a lower wage because they were taking part-time classes in school or it was a family situation and they needed more flexibility in order for the family to look after young kids or something like that? So there's all types of reasons why someone might accept a salary that's lower than they're capable of performing. But it's up to the organization to understand their own needs and have a system. And this is the key part of it, Todd, is 
you have to have a system to assess the competence of a candidate. And if you don't trust your own internal screening process to give you a, an idea, is this person a high performer, a low performer, an average performer, then you just sort of are left to the market and sort of that's where you're actually as the organization almost giving all of the power to the candidate to convince you or, or, or set the market value for what they're worth. And in those situations, as an organization, as a recruiter, you're more likely to be fooled by a certain candidate with certain job interviewing skills rather than the ability to do the job. So there's, there's many reasons why it happens. And I think, you know, the, one of the brutally honest ones is, is organizations, the people can be lazy, is they can't be bothered to do the research, to develop a budget, to get a sense of what is equitable. And that's a, that's a really important word, whether internally or externally fair for the team and the person. And so they're just lazy, tell me what you make. And if you're making too much, well, I'm not gonna hire you because that in my opinion is too much. Well, what if the person's capable of delivering? But usually it's used as a way of screening people out. And that is really unfortunate. Uh, I agree totally. Do you think, okay, do you think this is also could be a way of saving money by a recruiter or by the company? Especially I think people think it might be a way to save money, but then when you, you know, we talked about this before, when you do surveys as to why people leave, you know, sometimes people are leaving because they can make more money somewhere else. So it's pretty foolish way, you know, there's an expression, I think, from British English, you know, penny wise, pound foolish, you know, if you focus too much on these little details, and you don't look at the big picture, you may save money in what you pay. But if someone leaves three, four months later, you have to go through the whole cycle again, that cost of resources of the organization, finding a replacement um, could have been saved simply by having a, a better understanding of fair market value internally and externally and having a better system of screening the applicant's capability. And that's, I think, what's really sad is most organizations in the world don't put the effort in to create a screening mechanism to actually assess what someone is worth, right? So these are just words, you know, words. I could say, here's my salary. Okay, I don't believe you. Give me a, a pay stub that proves it. Is that really the point? Or maybe the person's capable of delivering value at a very high level and that salary is underpaid. So you should be assessing for performance and behavior and these outcomes rather than what people had in the past. And, and again, it's very unfortunate that professionally most people in recruiting and HR, I, I dare say, aren't very professional when it comes to what we're talking about. 100% agreed, especially the last statement when you said not all uh, or a majority of HR people are not competent enough to manage or even handle the screening interview. And I think the easiest part or the, I think the fastest way to figure out if this person fits the organization is not, or not is basically based on, on the compensation that they have or earn or they used to earn. I think this is the main filter yeah. because to be honest with you, I think being intelligent, being a top super professional, being in that analysis point in terms of analyzing human being from competencies, from skills, from technical experience, from behavior, from accomplishment that is being done. It's it gonna take some time and it need someone who's with a lot of experience and it need 
someone who really dig more detail into the personality in the front in the front of them and 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 no time and just like within 15 minutes or half an hour you should explore this guy up to the bottom from outside to inside to figure out if they fit so why should should someone go go through the whole hustle of figure out if that person is right or wrong where by only one point they can decide do they fit the organization yes or no yeah he's overqualified he's over budget he's over anything so he's out of it so i think as the matter is people don't want to hire the value more than just want to hire the the i don't want to say the right fit just the fit you got it. yeah it's a risk adverse strategy isn't it rather than you know and it, when you say risk adverse that means you're you're not willing to entertain the opportunity for more upside potential rather than downside potential it's just like you're constantly you know filling it and i i do this exercise in one of my classes uh that is really works for a lot of people because it demonstrates the inherent bias people have that they often don't even realize and i'll use examples of you know uh i won't you know pick a, pick one of the top high tech companies in the world global they set up office in a new market and you ask you know as a as a question to a class should they pay at the top the bottom or the middle of the salary bracket and most people will say you know and if you're listening to this you know well, how would you answer that most people would say well you're a top organization you have to pay the top and actually the math doesn't support that because when you're at the top you can actually afford to pay the lowest because what the benefit people get to come to your organization is more is beyond just the pay said another way if some no name company starts up and they're doing exactly the same thing as this global branded company would you have to get paid more or less to go work for that company rather than the global brand and most people right away say well you'd have to pay me more and then you go well that doesn't make sense. I thought you said you had to pay more because you are the global brand. You have more resources, you have more security, you have more opportunity for development and promotion. And hopefully people start to realize that they've it, our biases is exactly opposite to the truth is that the best organizations in the world if they choose strategically can pay the least. The worst organizations in the world have to pay the most because they are the riskiest places to work and that's the reality yet people work the opposite way oh i have to pay the most to get the best people no actually that's not how, if you choose to that's up to you and i know for example an organization like netflix chooses to do that because they don't want to have to worry about you know poaching and people coming and taking their talent but that is very different as a strategic choice rather than saying well no we have to because we have to and understanding these dynamics is you know is the starting point whether you're in a jurisdiction where it's legal or illegal to ask people the salary i guess what i would say fahad is the trend is is increasingly it's growing like jurisdictions are adopting this behavior these laws that it's not appropriate that it's not legal to ask people and that's the way it should have always been if you ask me in my opinion yeah and and i think this is also um i think many organizations they have mis 
perception when it comes to hire a candidate. They always want to hire the best of the best. But it's not the, the, the right game or the smart game. is not hiring the best of the best or hiring the best candidate. Hiring the right candidate for you because not every best is a good fit for you. And this is, I think, one of the biggest mistakes that they do. They're always trying to offer a huge payout or compensation to someone who is from very large organization or multi-billion organization. And uh, suddenly they, they said, oh, okay. Then they notice that that guy is not the right fit for them. Then they fire them or that person resigned. Then the whole cycle goes on again and again. So, yeah, I think it's all about mentality. And I think a lot of people are quite lazy, not professional enough. Uh, they don't want to take the extra steps. Maybe, as you mentioned, they don't have a proper compensation and benefit structure to find. They don't have the right people to, to screen. I think it's a huge, com it's, it's a combination of everything, I think. Uh, what do you well, think? you used the example just now, and I've used the example in my classes a few World Cups ago. Remember in the final, and some people might not like to remember this, depending on your loyalties, but uh, the Brazilians and the Germans met in the final. What was I, it? Like, I am an Italian. I am an Italian. Yeah. So, we, so you're safe. You're safe. We get screwed out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but everyone thought, you know, because the Brazil team had all the superstars, you know, you could name, you know, the almost all the players that were on the field, people who don't play football or soccer, know these celebrities. And the German team was full of a bunch of team players, right? Mm -hmm. And what was the final score in the final game? It was a blowout, eight 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 right? Eight. It was an eight to one or something like this. Yeah. And you had a team of superstars that couldn't work together as a team were completely outmatched by a team of team players. And that metaphor, some people don't like necessarily sports metaphors because it doesn't necessarily translate to every audience. But this is a really good real world example of the philosophy of if you hire the wrong people and they're not good fits for the team, the team becomes less functional. And at the end of the day, what organizations do is a byproduct of the team activities, not just any one individual. And, and this relates directly to this discussion point, because even if you have the money, to buy and pay for the, the most expensive players, the most expensive talent, that doesn't mean you should. And I think that's what you were saying a bit earlier, is that sometimes it's better off to get to people who really want to work for your organization. And one way to find those people is to pay them fairly. Not too high, not too low, but to pay them fairly. If people are simply chasing money, then, you know, or celebrity, if they're, you know, a high performer, maybe they're not the right fit for your team. Maybe they are you need to have a system of assessing that before you screen for talent. Yeah, I agree 100%. Let me ask you this question. Uh, what sure. are your recommendations uh, as an organization expert? How, how would you approach that? Well, I guess in HR, you often talk about sort of the, the two sides. One is from the organization frame of reference and one is from the individual worker or employee frame of reference. And, I would say to any organization is you need to have a system. Even a small organization needs to have a system of, of determining the resource allocation for roles. And that doesn't mean you're, you know, in many types of industries, some like software engineering, sometimes you're going to pay someone three, four times as much as someone else because they are the, the creator of wealth for that organization. And then that's fair. 
But in other organizations, it's very hard to demonstrate that someone contributes two or three times more to the value of the organization. So you need to really understand where you are as an organization, not just what are the resources you have, but what is the chemistry that you need to bring together to make effective teams. As an individual, as a worker, you know, it's, it's a difficult one because, you know, if you're, you have an opportunity and you need a job, sometimes you're willing to make compromises, both in terms of the jobs and information you might share. But, you know, I would, I would encourage people to hold to their integrity and just simply realize that if organizations, if nothing else, it empowers you as a candidate to understand that when an organization is asking you early on, you know, to prove how much you make, they're giving you information and they're giving you information that they don't necessarily have a good or trustworthy compensation system. And maybe that's beneficial to you as an individual candidate. Maybe it's not. Certainly if you're a high performer, this is something that might be of a concern for you because in the end, and, and Google made very good use of this sort of a principle before, if you're not consistently hiring talent to improve the overall talent of the workforce, at best you're holding, and at worst your, your capabilities and organization are going down. And you need to understand as an organization, you know, are you doing what's consistent with your strategy? Maybe you're in a survival strategy. Maybe you're in a growth strategy. Think about startups. The reason startups have to pay more for HUD is because they're riskier. And you need to find people with, with the, the capability to bring the organization to another level. So um, again, I, I encourage each individual to consider their own circumstance and uh, I'll be honest with you, Todd, I've been in interviews personally before where this question's come up and I just, you know, uh, I don't bluntly refuse to answer it, but I, I say words to the effect that, you know, let's, let's get to, you know, know each other better before we get into that discussion. Because if you think I'm the right candidate, I'm sure that we can come to a financial agreement that will be mutually beneficial. And to me, that's the better path that we would hope most job interviews and job candidates go through uh, i can't agree anymore because myself i went through a lot of interviews previously and i think uh, one of the my standard topics if i've been asked this question i always tell them uh, as you said let's know each other i'm not in a hurry i think uh, i think uh, whatever you guys are are paying i'm sure it's within the market rate but let's negotiate once you guys finalize the whole point so and i think this is also give you more kind of um I could say more kind of uh, stronger position in front of the people. They say you're not only focused about the money. They feed you in terms, okay, so you know the market payout. So the, there are some signals that is going to the person who's interviewing you. So as a final thought, I think we already mm. almost uh, at the end of our session. What are your final thoughts or recommendations or what are your call of actions or whatever you want to advise the audience? Yeah. I think as an organization, if you know that your own budget resources are limited relative to the market, you might want to let the candidate know, you know, in advance what, what resources you have for the position so that you don't waste time with the candidate. And some people might say, oh, that's a crazy negotiating tactic. Why are you giving away that information? The person might say, you know, uh, 8,000 and you say, well, all we can pay for this position is 15,000. Um, 
if you don't have a screening mechanism to justify that they're worth 15, then you're you're to blame, not the candidate. And if they have the ability to produce more than 15 or 20 or 25, and you miss that opportunity to get that candidate, your your organization is to blame. So there's there's such a science to this, Fahad, that a lot of recruiters and HR people don't apply. It's not as simple as gut instinct and firm handshakes and all of these other superficial bias characteristics. And I, I guess my final word is for people, if they don't believe the science of what I'm trying to share, is that the laws are changing and it's growing. It's not contracting. More and more jurisdictions are telling organizations and recruiters, you cannot. It is illegal to ask people their salary. And that minimum standard is being introduced to try and address systemic biases. But if you're a better organization, that's not why you should be doing minimum standards, whether that's minimum pay or other things. You should always be aspirationally doing better than the minimum. So it's again, it's coming back to the organization's kind of hold a mirror to itself and be very honest as to where it is in the marketplace. You as a practitioner, as a recruiter, make sure that what you're doing is aligned with the organization that you work in. And, and that's a challenge because sometimes people want to be very proactive, hyper ethical, and, and maybe the organization you're working in is a bit more conservative or reserved. So you need to make sure that whatever you're doing in terms of compensation is matching the organization that you're working for. I can't agree anymore. I think this topic is opening another topic for us on the next coming episodes, which is how to hunt mm. the right talent, not the best talent, the right talent. And I think this is a good introduction or an opening door for a couple of many episodes and topics that we are talking about. So Absolutely. my final thoughts, guys, I would like to share it with you guys before closing that regardless, what is your compensation and benefit? I personally believe if someone is ready to accept your compensation and benefit, if it's too high or too low, it's their call. It's not your call. At least you've proven that you have structure, that this is what we can offer. We totally value what you do. But unfortunately, we are, we are very budgeted in terms of in the financial structure. So accept it, yes or no. If not, then thank you very much. So then you know the, the quality of the person in front of you. Is he only looking for financial aspects? or looking for career developments on our experience. And this is totally different topic, which is, as we said, introduction for our next upping, up, uh, what do you call it? upcoming episodes. Brad, mm. thank you very much for this Thanks, amazing information and insights. And we are looking for, for more uh, knowledge to learn from you and the audience, sure. Absolutely. So guys, thank you very much. Take and I care. encourage the audience to leave their feedback in the different channels we have on our website. Yeah, sure, 100%. So what I would like to remind the audience are, if you have any further details or information, please jump in or hop in into our website, which is hrlearnin.com. And you will have a lot of information. And please don't forget to join our community. And it's so free. Uh, free in terms of you could access our blogs, our forums, you could have a lot of our latest updates, you could latest interviews, latest contents and material, and we have a lot of things. So this is what I would like you guys to, to keep it up. Uh, and in case if you have any further information, please shout us, 
shout any further details that you have. But before we go that, I will really would like Brad to share our slogan. I will leave it to you to end it. Yeah, as hopefully people are starting to learn. Tune in, skill up, and pay it forward. Pay it forward, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye.